After years on the road, Timmy parked the van and picked up the mic to bring you this podcast that features interviews with people from hardcore to hair metal. This is Talk To Me with your host, Joshua Toomey. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Talk To Me. This is a podcast exclusive episode, and this is episode 82. On this episode, I speak to War on Women vocalist Shauna Potter. You may have seen them open for Flag, Refused, Propagandi, Riot Fest. So glad to have her on, and it is such a fun conversation, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. So let's get into the show. And speaking of old Nashville episodes, the iTunes review this week is a perfect Perfect iTunes review for this episode. And the iTunes review this week comes from Warehouse Punk. Gives a great five-star rating and a great five-star review. It is entitled, Great Show. Have listened to each episode so far. Enjoyed each one, especially any with local Nashville music ties. The show also makes me go back and listen to music I haven't heard in years. Thanks to me. Well, thank you, Warehouse Punk. And yes, this episode is completely <laughs> tied in to my Nashville ties. So yeah, so if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, however you get your podcast, make sure you head over, leave a nice five-star rating and a nice five-star review. The cover song this week is two bands that we talk about on this episode meshed into one. We've got Refused doing Misfits Bullet, and uh, we talk a lot about Refused on this episode. We talk a lot about the Misfits on this episode because, obviously, War on Women played Riot Fest with both bands, and they've also toured with Refused. So for the Talk To Me cover of the week brought to you by Puck Hockey, and that's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y, make sure you head over to puckhockey.com. Check out all the great things they have over there. They've got some new great lines. They've got Doyle from the Misfits t-shirts, head PE t-shirts, new 36 Crazy Fist jerseys, all kinds of great hoodies. It's getting a little cold outside. Get yourself a beanie. Get yourself a hoodie. And when you check out, make sure to use the promo code TALK, as in talk to me for 10% off your entire order. Yes, that's talk at checkout for 10% off your entire order. So for the Talk To Me cover of the week, this is Refused Doing Bullet. You're listening to Talk To Me. What's up? It's John Jameson from That Metal Show. Keep it loud, keep it proud, keep it talk to me, keep it girthy. All 
All right, that was Refused with Bullet. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Also, if you guys want to support the Talk To Me podcast, make sure you're heading over to patreon.com slash talk to me, picking yourself out a tier. It's a nice little monthly subscription service, only a couple of bucks a month, and each and every dollar counts. Each and every dollar goes towards production costs of this podcast. Got a lot of great stuff going on. Might have a huge thing going on. We never know. But hopefully you guys uh, will head over to patreon.com slash talk to me and uh, pick out a tier. Find out upcoming guests. There are already two upcoming guests up there that I haven't announced yet that uh, I've yet to interview, but they're they're on the slate. One for this coming Friday, one for this coming Sunday. The next two episodes of the Talk To Me podcast are some huge names. So uh, make sure to head over to patreon.com, select a tier, a couple of bucks a month, and uh, you will get to ask the artists a question. And on to the interview this week. This is Shauna Potter, vocalist of Bridge Nine, recording artist of War on Women. They've been doing a lot of great stuff. They had a great album come out in 2015. Make sure you're heading over to Bridge Nine Records and purchasing the War on Women record. Make sure you're supporting the artists that are on Talk To Me and they will support you with giving you great, great music. So let's check out some War on Women and then let's get into my conversation with Shauna Potter. Just like the Virgin Queen, we fornicate for posing. 
Hi, this is Jeff Walker from uh, Carcass, and you're listening to Josh on uh, Talk To Me. Yeah! Shauna Potter, welcome to the show. How are you tonight? I'm a little under the weather, but I wouldn't miss this interview for the world. <laughs> yeah, I think there's like the weather change. I know you're, are you up in Baltimore still? Yeah. In the Baltimore area? Yeah, it's like that down here too. So I, I totally feel you. I've been like lounging on the couch all day. It's been really rough. <laughs> As I said in the intro, before we had this conversation, which I will add later, uh, you know, we, we kind of grew up together late nineties in Nashville. Um, I kind of lost track of you somewhere in around 2001, two, when I went off to do other things and then you went off to some other things. So we've already listened to some war on women. So we know you're an amazing vocalist, things like that. So, I mean, just kind of what got you into playing music and then what got you, uh, maybe where you are now? No, I mean, where I am now can actually be directly, um, traced back to our time in Nashville, actually. Um, you know, you and I, I were in local bands and uh, played a lot, a lot of shows together, but, you know, we were we were bigger bands for our young scene at the time. And my band, which was called Verona, broke up, and I didn't know what to do with my life, which, of course, is a very <laughs> melodramatic, <laughs> very dramatic thing. Yeah, a very teenage thing to think. Um, so... Uh, I was playing a lot of shows, like acoustic and solo, to just kind of bide some time, figure out what I want to do. And then this band from Baltimore came through on tour and needed an opener, and I got to open for them. And when they were playing, I could hear guitar parts that were missing. And I was like, I should be in your band so I can give you the, I can play those guitar parts. Like, okay. you, need, you need me in your band, basically. And they were like, okay. So I moved to Baltimore to join this band that was eventually um, called AVEC, A-V-E-C. Okay. And that's with Brooks Harlan, who is now in We're in War and Women together. So he and I have been writing music together and playing in bands together since 2001. Like since I moved to Baltimore, um, we've just been collaborating. And it's been awesome. So Avec was a little bit more of an indie band, um, you know, male, female vocals and like intertwining guitar parts. And then for Worn Women, I, I put down the guitar and I yell a lot and <laughs> I'm the only one that sings and it's a little different vibe, uh, but it's, it's what we wanted to do. That's very funny. I remember when I was 23, when Primer 55 broke up, and at 23, I thought my world was completely over, and I was like, there's no, there's no way I could start another band because, you know, by the time you get it up and running, I'll be like 26, and then, you know, I, and, and oh, it's, so old. I know, and then, you know, like, oh, if we ever got signed, I'd be like 27 and ancient, and, you know, now it's funny, <laughs> when I go to do interviews with, with bands that I considered my peers at the time, you know, a lot of those guys are like turning 50 and, you know, and I'm like, wow, those guys are that much older than me at the time. It's always so crazy to look back on those times. But, but yeah, I totally know what you mean about, you know, uh, world was over at, uh, see in 2001, you were what, 20, 19? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> so not to, uh, it's, it's, I know it's a little ridiculous, but we, uh, Brooks and I actually have a joke between us. Um, we, we say that 
um, playing music, playing in bands is a longevity game, really. Absolutely. Like, if you just stick around long enough and your band doesn't break up, you obviously have to be good and people have to care. You actually probably don't have to be good, but people do have to care. If you just stick around long enough, uh, something will happen. Um, so I feel like as long as we keep at it, um, the odds are in our favor that eventually someone's going to hear us that likes us. You know? Absolutely. And I think even on like a solo musician side, like, you know, just being a, you know, you can have all the talents in the world, but not be dependable and no one would want to play with you. But if you are at least decent at what you do and, and have a decent stage presence and are, are dependable, that's the kind of people that people need in their band. They don't need drama and headaches. They need people to show up to band practice or show up on tour and not uh, make a fool of themselves. So I think at, at the end of the day, you don't have to, you don't, yeah, you don't have to be like Ingve Malmsteen to get in a band. You just have to, you know, have, have a, decent across the board you know decent gear decent stage present decent look decent you know songwriting ability all that stuff and you'll be uh you'll and hopefully be just a decent fine. person yeah a decent person i guess you know as long as <laughs> <laughs> that's that's lower on the total pole in a lot of bands that i've been in but yeah Fair <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> so i did the big move in you know like 2001 2002 to from Nashville to Louisville, which is you know only like three hours away, you do the big move from Nashville to Baltimore. I mean, were you just like out there chasing the you know chasing the dream? Uh, you know that's what that was like. Your next step was to 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 go to Baltimore to to join that band. I mean, yeah, it was just to it was just to move. Period. It kind of didn't matter where I was going to go. Um, my my mom. I grew up with my mom, uh, who single mother. She was kind of a free spirit. We moved around a lot when I was growing up. And so I had been in Nashville at that point for about five years, which was the longest I'd ever lived anywhere at 19 years old. And I just had to get out. Like I was just feeling the itch. So this opportunity presented itself and I had never lived on the East Coast. So I thought it was worth a shot. And what I really love about this city is that it's small, but it feels like a really big East Coast city. And there's just always something going on. There's a ton of bands, a ton of art. Um, you know, there's theater, there's symphony, there's sports. Like, whatever you're into, Baltimore has it. And um, I don't know. There's a, also just a really supportive community. And a lot of women doing cool things, too. Uh, a lot of activism, a lot of people that give a shit. And... Uh, once I kind of got into my 20s a little bit more and started realizing that I was not the center of the universe, I started giving a shit, too, about what was going on in the world. So um, I've lived here ever since, and I love it, and I definitely plan to stay. Yeah, Baltimore is a great town. I've played there a few times, and it's always been uh, it's always been fun going through that area. Yeah, I mean, 2016 looked like an amazing year for you. I mean, um, uh, crazy, you know, in, in the world of celebrities dying and gorillas dying and all this other stuff, but in the world of Shauna Potter, uh, it looks like 2016 was an amazing year for you. We've had a couple of good years in a row. I think since our full-length record came out on Bridge Nine in 2015, we've just been touring a lot and kind of just, you know, doing that slow build thing where as long as you don't break up, then hopefully something... Uh, builds out of what you're doing very cool how did you get hooked up with bridge nine because i mean i know they're they're kind of more known for their hardcore bands they are and i'd like to think that we're a little hardcore um but i, I do get that, 
that we're not, you know, we don't fit in perfectly with their like kind of legacy hardcore stuff. Um, uh, we're, we, we knew the band uh, Lemuria. Uh, they had recorded with Jay Robbins and uh, Brooks and I actually run an amp repair shop that shares a space with Jay Robbins uh, studio, recording studio. So um, we've known them for a while and, and so we knew about their label and kind of thought maybe it's a good fit. If, if Bridge Nine can have Lemuria and H2O, like we've got to be able to fit in there somewhere, right? So right. they're just one of the labels. You know, obviously, we sent records and letters and harassed a ton of labels and got a ton of no's and no responses and all kinds of stuff. And but eventually, um, Chris Wren, who's the president of Bridge Nine, uh, I think it was his sister that like listened to us or heard about us and kind of said, dude, you have to sign them. Oh, wow. This band. That's a very cool story. And he, he listened to us. And he was like, maybe you're right, you know? So he's he's actually been, been like our big, biggest champion ever since. Um, he's definitely in, in our court, and it's been really cool to be on the team, you know? That's awesome. And before we get into some of the tours, and actually, you know, I got to see you guys in 2016, I just kind of want to get into a little bit of the... Let me, let me see how I'm going to say this in, in, a, in a good way, but like... Yeah, like, like you know what? Like in, in this day and age, it's so hard to be quote unquote maybe controversial or or say something with a purpose. You know, like there's bands out that you know may want to come out and say like you know things about Satan, and that stuff's just going to get laughed off. Or you know they're going to come out <laughs> they're going to come out and be a clone sure. of like a Marilyn Manson or a or a Alice Cooper, and that's you know pretty sticky. But you know I was listening to uh, your latest album the other day and. Like a couple of times, I was like, "Whoa!" Like it took me, you know, like it took me back, you know. And it's like it's 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 so funny to in, in this day and age for lyrics to almost be shocking. But I mean, I know you're you're saying it in a positive message. Like I know you have positivity behind it. But like you know, I have a, a 14 year old daughter, and some of that stuff on there, I'm just like, "Wow!" You know, like, I, like putting myself in that shoes and things like that. So um, maybe maybe touch on that a little bit. And actually, you know, like the song "Say It." Like that, when I saw it live and I listened to it again, I was just like, wow, like, like it's just an amazing, like, you know, thing for, for, for a strong woman to be saying. I mean, I gotta tell you, uh, you know, we, we kind of, we, we, we exist in like a punk circle, right? And, um, we think of ourselves as like hardcore punk and, and I see what passes for punk, uh, sometimes and how to me it sounds like pop music. Uh, a lot of the times, like it's just kind of not my thing. Um, and but if you think like, what what was punk really all about? Like, why did punk catch on? And it was because it was a total rejection of of the death of punk power telling you how to live your life um, to boil it down, right? So no matter how far we come in any issue. Uh, no matter how much education or research or what movements are coming and going as far as like social justice or equality or whatever, it seems like it's always still okay to be sexist. No matter what you believe it, no matter if you're pro or anti-gun or pro or anti-environment or Republican, Democrat, like it doesn't matter. Sexism is so normal that I kind of think one of the most punk things 
someone can be is anti-sexist. Like, um, now, unfortunately, we're seeing a, a huge resurgence in, in racism and, <laughs> and other isms um, these days. But, you know, when this album came out, uh, even 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 actual crusty punk bands at punk shows, you know, calling people bitch mm-hmm. uh, from stage or um, just it's just mind blowing that yeah. that kind of stuff would be OK. Um, but they would be happy to call you out if you said something racist. Right. And like that part's good. But we need to add in the whole women are people too thing. So I think what we're doing is controversial only because. Um, sexism is so normal and because women's lives and stories are not normalized like men are the default protagonist right it's a huge deal when a woman is at the head of a movie leading a movie and we have to do all these things to kind of excuse it or make it okay or make her fall in love or whatever and uh, we just don't hear enough normal women's stories so what I wanted to do with the record is just be blunt, be blunt about it and say, this is, this is what the fuck we're going through. If you hear the song, you are not allowed to ignore it anymore. You are know? listening to talk to me. Hey, 
man, I'm having to like bite my lip over here just because of my stupid sense of humor. Because <laughs> like, I, I know you're like saying like very positive and powerful things, and I'm like I'm trying to be cool to me. I'm like on. I'm like biting my lip. I'm like oh, I want to make stupid jokes, but I mean that's I guess that's you know part of it is like you know just trying to get over a sense of humor. And I I'll give like two minutes on like on Trump because and I want to just ask you. Because I don't, I'm not political. Like I'm, I, I did not vote for him. I do not agree with him. But I'm not a political person, and I'm not a political activist. But I mean, what, in your opinion, is the downfall of having him in office? Because I know he's a, he's against a lot of things. And obviously, the you know the 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 grabbing the pussy thing, which you guys have a great parody shirt of. Um, you know all that stuff out there. Just you know what? What are your like a quick two minute uh, uh, opinion of views uh, on him being in office? I mean, straight up, people will die, and I'm not exaggerating. People will literally die from hate crimes, from lack of health care, uh, wh- whatever the reason. Um, people are going to suffer, and it's going to be people that are way more underprivileged and way more marginalized. Um, so we're talking trans people, LGB people, women, immigrants, uh, anyone that's not Christian, um, and frankly, white, lower class, rural folks too, who rely on government programs. So this dude, I don't think this dude is unpredictable. I think he's a narcissist, and I think he's going to do whatever sort of um, uh, he's going to do whatever the yes men say. The men that are blowing the most smoke up his ass, he's going to listen to them and make them happy. And unfortunately, those men that he himself with uh, are the ones with money. And frankly, the ones with money are the ones that, I guess, love Ayn Rand and Atlas Shrugged and think that any social program must be bad, when, which is ridiculous because that's how we have roads and libraries. And that's how some people have any health care at all. So I just fundamentally disagree with the idea that socialism is a bad thing. And the men with money that are whispering in his ear uh, don't think that way. In one way, do you think that having him in office will actually truly show like the power of the president? To, because you know technically not a career politician so you're going to see like things that uh see how much a person can actually get in and you know good or bad most likely bad but we'll see you know how much power the president truly has i think it'll more uh actually i think it'll more display uh how um uh, how addicted we are to media and like television and how big of a pacifier being entertained is you know because if we just think he's like wow that's crazy and then go back to our twitter feed (laughs) you know and i think in the past um with maybe with less flashy things shining at us um uh, people were better able to uh, take the time and write their congressmen and, and women and meet them and tell them what's important to them and sign the petition and do the work to get the America they wanted. And I, I think it's more of a test on us. Are we willing to stand up and make our voice heard? Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm lazy too, man. I love TV. <laughs> right? I love TV. As soon as we're done with this interview, I'm going to start watching it all <laughs> night. But 
As long as Trump, as long as Trump doesn't right. doesn't cancel Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead, I'm fine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, can you imagine if he did? Now, now Ooh. then we'd have a riot. We would have I a mean, riot. That would be that would be something. <laughs> Everyone would finally stand up and say no more. Uh, right. Well, I think it's funny, <laughs> and uh, you know, our generation they all lump us in together. But our generation, when I was like a kid, kid, like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there, like I thought that. Well, as a society, a group of people would not elect an idiot, and I think I think our generation kind of grew up thinking that way, like, oh, well, we'll not, uh, y- you know, a collective group of people will not elect an idiot, <laughs> and then, you know, the older we get, the more, you know, like the two two thousand election when Al Gore, like I was downtown Nashville that night, and you know, waiting yeah. for him to come out and do his acceptance speech, all that, all that nonsense, and you know, that's when the hanging chads in Florida and all that stuff yeah. happened, but, uh, but, but yeah, it's like. I don't know. It's just so funny now that, that I'm older and I think our generation kind of missed the boat, you know, because what, like 40 something percent of America or, you know, less than 40 percent of people voted in the election. It's, it's insane that uh, so many votes out yeah. there and stuff like that. But, uh. but that's not really that's not really our generation saying, uh, no, everyone will do the right thing. Um, I think that's other generations teaching us indirectly that our voice doesn't count. And so, of course, of course a bunch of people stayed home and didn't vote because they've been raised to think that their voice doesn't matter. And if those people had voted, they're conscious. Either Hillary Clinton or Jill Stein would be in office. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I feel that way. Okay. I I think everyone who didn't actually did it, it'd be a different story altogether. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not blaming them. There's so many things. There's so many. We're all to blame, right? But uh, I'm spreading it around. But I think that that is true. Let's get back into some music talk. Um, okay, I know. <laughs> I've, no, got, t- I've got three things. Written, I've got three things written down here. You tell me what order they came, and then we'll talk about them in those order. The tour with Flag, the tour with <laughs> Refused, and then Riot Fest. So that was what Flag refused Riot Fest. Is that how it went? No, it was Refused Flag and then Riot Fest. Okay, so tell me how. Well, actually, I'm going to go out on a limb here because I actually heard the singer of Refused on a podcast not too long ago talking about when they tour, they try to get women tour managers, women bus drivers, as, as many women on the tour as possible. So I'm going to say that trickles down into the opening bands, and maybe that was a good uh, yes. a good way for you guys to get on, on a great tour like that. So is that how that happened? Yeah. yeah. On, on that tour they did, they were warming up uh, before, their, um, before their opening slot for Deftones. And so they were doing all these club dates um, around the U.S. and and would have different different bands every few shows. And okay. so we got to play three shows with them. And the other bands, I know it, White Lung is the band, uh, female heavy, um, and us. Yeah, I, I would say they are one of those bands that totally walks the walk. They absolutely believe in what they sing about, and they're educated, and it matters to them. And I, I, I mean, honestly, I kind of think any band that takes us on tour with them <laughs> is walking the walk. You know, right. like you can you can talk about equality all you want, but unless you actually have women or people of color around, then it's just talk. So, props to every band that's fucking taking us on tour. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll be your fucking token uh, chick band. That's fine. I'll do it. <laughs> it's, worth it. it's worth it. The play refused. Right. Holy shit! I know. Yeah, when we I... were all crying when we found out that that was a possibility. It was a dream come true. Oh, I remember seeing the post, you know, where they, where, you know, you guys popped up on the bill and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. You know, because, you know, Refused is one of those bands that, uh, 
don't tell anybody, but when I worked at Tower Records in downtown Nashville, which is no longer there, I actually had to special order the the the, the shape of punk to come. But then not only did I special order it, and I worked there, I also stole it from Tower Records. Oh shit! So, so don't tell anybody I did that. Okay. But, uh, so I was the original like Napster. I was like stealing music, physical copies. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that 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 you know, the Shape of Punk to Come is obviously a classic album. And then uh, having them come back around, and then you guys actually getting the opportunity to play some shows with them. So just kind of tell me how or what it's like to open for Refused. How was the crowds? How do crowds? But here, I guess, in general, uh, take to you guys coming out when they basically don't know anything about you. I, I would, I would say it's similar for, um, you know, when we play with Flag too. The the crowd doesn't necessarily know who we are, or a lot of them don't, and so they're kind of waiting for us to prove ourselves to them. And so, you know, we just do what we normally do and, and try to put on a great fucking show and. Um, and talk about stuff that matters to us. And I think anyone going to see Refused um, gets that. Um, even Flag, like I think the people, like the crowd for Flag, even if you know if there was like a bunch of older dude punks, we would win them over because they just wanted to hear heavy music played well, and we do that too. So um, it ended up working out pretty well, honestly, for for both of those tours, uh, which is again flag and refused and propaganda like like we could stop now and we'd be fine uh, but we're gonna go ahead and try to record another record and see what other bands we can get to reunite or come back and <laughs> open for <laughs> we're listening to talk to me
Collins from SiriusXM Octane, and you're listening to Talk To Me. <laughs> All right, and now on to Flag. Let's talk a little bit about a tour with Flag. And I, I kind of wanted to ask you, uh, because mm, I've talked about this this band on uh, on uh, the episodes in the past, but the band 12-Volt Negative Earth out of Nashville, which we kind of talked about a little while ago, we opened for a re- <laughs> the Reunited Misfits and in like the late oh. 90s and uh, at 328. And we had people like, the Misfits died in 83 and all the, all the other nonsense. So, I mean, were you having, were, did you run across anything like that? opening for flag did you hear people like well this is cool and all but you know where's rollins type stuff no no because i because i bet the kind of people that would say misfits died in 83 are the people that would rather see a rollins free black flag right hmm, maybe. so <laughs> just Ooh, saying that's <laughs> um no i i think we live in a different world now we're like we're, we're happy to see Band, even if we think like, oh, we, we no longer think bands are selling out just because they're reuniting and playing shows and making money. I, I think everyone is kind of like, no, that's good. You should be able to pay your rent for your art because it's fucking hard out there right now. You know, all jobs are hard to get. So if, if you have if you were in a legendary band in the 80s, yeah, keep touring, get that money. I don't know. I, I think everyone's different. So no, no one was negative. Everyone was really really positive and just happy to hear their favorite songs and you know dancing and having a good time it was it was really great actually it was it was really cool really welcoming how was the attendance on that tour was were people coming out to see that stuff or was it still yeah kinda... oh yeah okay no it was good it was really good and then how were the guys in flag you know were they were they kind of pulling you guys aside and teaching you you know about the road or anything like that or were they <laughs> You know, I think if they did, I would I would have been like, uh, "Fuck you!" I've been touring <laughs> since I was fourteen, but okay. I, I read "Get in the Van." Shut up. <laughs> yeah, like we. I mean, it only takes a couple tours before you basically know everything. I think. Um, oh my god! No, delete that. That sounds really silly. Uh, there's always <laughs> lessons to learn. It, there's always lessons to learn. It really is just when older men try to tell me stuff that I already know about. It's just really difficult to stomach um so no they didn't like that at all they were very cool um uh yeah you know i mean they are, they're all very different personalities so just like anyone any any band you're gonna click with some people more than others and some people are more miserable on tour than others and some people want to drink more than others so it's just it's uh it was very normal in that way but honestly like it was it was pretty wild kind of like just having a drink every night with Bill Stevenson. Oh, he always wanted to have a shot of whiskey with everyone. That's awesome. So we'd all he, we'd all gather around Bill at the end of the night and have our shot with him and hang out and talk about talk about feminism and uh, <laughs> how weird it is for me in a band that people still care about. You know, like he has a million stories and um, he's a character. They're all characters, honestly. Um, but it was really fun. Very cool. And then that leads. Oh my to- gosh! I. Wait, I have to tell you the story. You have no idea. All right, bring and you it. You can include this in the. You can put this in the podcast or not. It doesn't matter. You need to know this. Okay. My old bass player Leah from Fair Verona. Okay. From the Nashville days. Yeah, I remember her. So she still she still lives in Nashville. Okay. And she's got a husband and three kids, and we had a day off in Nashville on the flag tour, 
And so we went to her house for 4th of July, by the way, it was 4th of July. That was our day off. Nice. Um, and so we, she has an outdoor pool and, uh, we were just having, you know, we're just drinking beer all day in her pool. It was amazing. And at some point, our bass player, Sue, who becomes like texting buddies with like everyone we ever tour with. She's like texting with Bill Stevenson. She's like, Hey, we're at a pool at this lady's house that Shauna knows <laughs> you should come over. And he's like, that sounds great. So Bill came from his hotel to Leah's house and Leah grew up knowing about black flag, listening to black flag. And she was just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like she was, she was, so quiet and that's how i knew how excited she was right um she was just so happy to, she had bill stevenson in her house like this legend and, and 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 she was freaking out and earlier that day she was like we're gonna have a chill day you can have some beers and stuff but i have three kids like no parties it's just <laughs> hang out and i was like yeah cool 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 no problem Bill comes over. She's like, all right, I've got a ton of whiskey. Who wants to drink? <laughs> we uh, called the baby. I was like, oh, I see. I see what's happening. You'll drink. You'll drink with Bill. Okay, I got it. Uh, but I just thought that was really amazing, and I loved it. No, that's a great story. That's That'd be crazy to have, you know, just uh, someone you grew up listening <laughs> to show up at your pool party for, you know, out of nowhere. Can you imagine? Yeah, yeah. Hanging out at her house. It was awesome. It was so cool because it didn't phase him at all. He doesn't know, you know, like he doesn't care. Right. Um, he was happy. He was just happy to be hanging out somewhere, you know? It wasn't like a almost famous, like Bill Stevenson <laughs> Bill didn't end up on like the roof of the house. Like I'm a golden God and like diving in the pool no, or anything. He did hurt his ankle. Uh-oh. <laughs> and so for the rest of the tour, he was like, yeah, my ankle's bothering me. And we're like, that's not good. You're the drummer. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I, I, I think he, he had had a few. Fourth of July, Nashville, baby. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's always nice to go through the old hometown and uh, run into some people there. That's uh, that's crazy. So we move on to Riot Fest, and you know, again, you know, I kind of I kind of watch your career from afar. You know, knowing uh, you know, knowing you for, for so long and just being, you know, that whole like, uh, what is it, warm inside, proud of what you're doing, uh, all that stuff. You know, when when you see your name pop up on a flag tour, refuse tour, and then you know when I see the, you know, lineup for for Riot Fest pop up, I'm like, all right, cool, the Misfits, Deftones, blah, blah blah, Rob Zombie. Oh shit, War on Women's playing. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, how do you how do you get booked on uh, get booked on Riot Fest? Well, I think we're just lucky now to have an actual booking agent. And, like, I'm not booking our shows anymore. And I was for a long time. And w once once you actually have a booking agent, they really help you out. So, you know, these are just people that she's worked with before. She has other bands. And, um, obviously, she just has to submit us. And then someone on their end has to say yes. So they could have said no. We've certainly gotten plenty of no's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was it was it was awesome. I don't even think our name was the very smallest on the flyer. I don't think it was. It, it might have been <laughs> second to last. <laughs> right. You know, you were you were somewhere in that like you know, bottom tier of it, but it's still crazy to be on the bill. You know, I'm I'm sure you guys yeah. grab some posters or something that have you know your name on it to to put in the uh, in the living room or something. But um, what I, I guess what I wanted to say was was I was kind of worried and nervous because. I I had been there. I guess you guys played what the second day. I don't remember. But 
so, yeah, the third day. So we were, so we'd been there. So I was checking out all the stages. The stage you guys played was so inconvenient to life. It was so far. Yes. It was so far, and it was like weird, and you had to like turn a corner, and there were trees. You had to and, really make a plan to go over. Yeah, there. if you, you yeah, to- nobody just stumbled upon you guys. It's not. It wasn't a thing, but and so that was what made me nervous because I saw a couple of the early bands over there playing in front of pretty much nobody. But I get over there for you guys, and there's a decent crowd. I actually, and as you guys played, more and more people came over, and you guys were playing up against like Thursday and like somebody else crazy. And I don't know, it just turned out to be a much better turnout for you guys than I expected, you know. Because it, just because of the location of the stage and, and things like that, and there were other bands like giant bands playing on the uh, on the main stages. So, um, just kind of run down maybe you know your your thoughts of that day or that performance or the crowd or something. I mean, I we were pleasantly surprised. Trust me, we 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 try to go into every situation um, with realistic expectations. Uh, we. We do, we do not feel entitled to anything. <laughs> so it is always just really, really nice when something cool like that happens. Because um, I, I didn't know how many people would show up to watch us play either. So, I mean, I don't know. That day, things like that, you know that, like, you know, half of it is, like, the show. And half of it is, like, did someone take a cool picture of you? You know? <laughs> yeah. And so you hope for both. Like, even if no one is there watching you, we'll put on a good fucking show for the people that are there. Um, you know, hopefully everyone working the stage isn't bored while you're playing. They've heard enough bullshit. Um, you know, make it fun for them. And then, like, maybe you get a good picture out of it. And that might be cool. And lucky for us, we had we had both. We had a little bit of both. So uh, I remember thinking I was going to pass out several times because it was very hot. It was just, it was right when the sun, it was just starting to really beat down, like, directly onto the stage. And I, re- I, re- I really thought, like, oh, this could go bad any minute now. Um, so I probably stood, I took breaks physically. Like, I would just stand still for a second, like, way more than I normally would. Um, but I didn't want the audience to know that I just I wanted the whole thing to seem energetic I wanted people actually what I wanted people to think when they're watching us is how are they moving so much I'm sweating just standing here Uh, (laughs) and I kind of try to I feel like that every show we play I want people to go like that looks hard Um, because you know and then because it's just another feature another thing for them to be impressed with I guess I don't know (laughs) Nice. it was fun though it was really, really fun, and everyone that works there was really, really cool to us, and we're nobody, so that's that's always really nice. Yeah, it seemed like a very well-ran festival from what I could tell, and everything, you know, seemed yeah. to be moving well, and you know, even throughout the day, you know, we would switch stages and go see certain bands. Um, yeah, actually, the worst-sounding band of the day was Refused. I was really bummed out. Like, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> I wouldn't know because I saw them from the side of the stage. Oh, you're so cool. But uh, actually, yeah, we were kind of standing on the side, like in the crowd on the side of the stage, and it sounded really, really bad. They they put on a great show, and I I knew the songs were great because I knew the songs, but it not necessarily, ah. it, it didn't, you know, it, if I didn't know the songs, I don't know if I would have been like, oh my God, that's refused up there, <laughs> you know, that type stuff. It can be difficult, you know, 
no matter what kind of show it is, but like festivals are always kind of interesting. And if you're if you're in the wrong spot, some of those frequencies just aren't going to make it to you. You know? Absolutely. So yeah, you got to navigate that. You got to get your spot before your favorite band plays, so that you. And did you? So did you see the Misfits that night? Did you stick around for that? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We left. We left right after they were done. Um, but yeah, we had to stay for that because it was incredible. It was incredible. It was about the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. Like uh, <laughs> we we had like smashed ourselves somewhere in between Rob Zombie and the Misfits, like back by the soundboard, and there was some weird little area. I don't know. It was it was like just enough to where you could see both stages, and so we wow. could. Uh, yeah, it was it was a nice little spot. I mean, we were smashed up against a, like I guess we were on the back side of the VIP, not in the VIP, you know, but you know, smashed up against the gate or something. But but yeah, as soon as the lights went down and the, those that Green Misfits logo pops up, you're like, <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe I'm about to see this. This is so amazing. And plus Dave Lombardo on drums. I mean, you can't you know Misfits plus Dave Lombardo. Yeah. That's amazing. It was yeah. Again, like. There was no question that we were going to say yes to Riot Fest, no matter how much of a money sink it was. You know, like we had to fly out just to do that. Uh, we weren't on tour, but we were doing it. And part of that reason was to see Misfits. Oh, right. Yeah. A free Misfits <laughs> show. It was show. just the whole vibe. We were there all weekend taking advantage of our, you know, wristbands. Totally. Yeah. We had um, the wife's favorite band is Motion City Soundtrack. And that was like their... Oh. You know that, and that was technically their last show. They played one more show after that, but uh, it was supposed to be their farewell sh- farewell show. So we went for Motion City soundtrack and the Misfits, and then everything else was just you know icing on the cake. So it was great. It was a great day, though. You are listening to Talk to Me.
Hello there, this is Benji from the band called Skindred, and this is my mate called Dan, and he is in Skindred too. Hello there! <laughs> and we just want to say, talk to me podcast, it's fucking rocking, keep listening, keep rocking, while the DJ keeps spanning. A lot of fun that day. We didn't even get to see each other that day, did we? I know. It was funny. We were texting, and at one point, I was just like, fuck it. Like, there's it's just there's just <laughs> too many people here and it's way hot. too much stuff going on. I actually ran into um, a friend of ours from Nashville. He was up at the show and uh, just happened to run into him. And he Joseph? was... Uh, no, Jerry Strange. He played in Slight and Stress Coat, kind of that circle of friends. But he... Uh, and it's funny. It's funny. It always goes back to, "Hey, do you remember Shauna from uh, Fair Verona? Yeah, she's about to play." <laughs> and he was like, "No shit!" Like walked over. <laughs> you know, that was like, you know, you know, cool. in, in at Riot Fest twenty years later, we're like, "Do you remember <laughs> Shauna?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, I remember her." <laughs> so that's, that's always fun. It's it's kind of funny, at, and <laughs> looking back on it, because uh, I did a podcast. Uh, one of the early episodes of the show was just kind of a, a had all the members of 12 volts on we did a you know we talked about the first album and uh That's looking cool. back how kind of this is going to sound really stupid but how you know the the feminist movement that you're pushing and you know you show up on track 10 on the on the 12 volt album and i remember like trying to tell you to like be more sexy <laughs> <laughs> and, and, now, and now I look back and I'm like, oh, shit, I really shouldn't have said that stuff. But <laughs> We all have shit like that that we shouldn't have said. So right? <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry. I all, you're forgiven. You're all right, fine. All right. Thank you. <laughs> all right. We're, we're kind of late in the podcast now. If you're still listening to this, you still you must want to hear what we have to say. So, um, <laughs> Idiot. you know, there, there are two people in my life that if it wasn't for them, I would have zero photos of myself from, you know, age 15 to 20. And one of them is you. And the other is my friend, Jeremy Owsley, who had a camera with him all the time and photos in my head, photos to you were such a huge deal back then. Are you still like a camera, camera hound or you, or did you kind of grow out of that? I grew out of it. I grew out of it. And I, and I have thought about that because I was one of the only people I knew that like had a film camera on Mm -hmm. them at all times and paid to have, you know, film developed all the time and, and not like nice cameras, just a camera, (laughs) just something to remember. It's a point and shoot. Um, it's not like I, I, I was never a camera buff. I just wanted to take photos and, um, remember things. And at some point, I kind of decided um, that I either just need to try to remember stuff and, and like, not rely on the photos. It's almost like by taking photos, maybe I wasn't actually enjoying being there. And whether that's true or not, it was just an interesting idea to me. And hmm. so I kind of just phased it out. I just kind of stopped doing it after a while. That's kind of like the smartphone before the smartphone. You know, you know, you 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 take so many videos at a concert that you you don't even know if you're you don't even know if you were having fun at the show or not. You know that type thing. Like that's kind of yeah, what, totally. what that sounds. And like I mean, me. I have a ton of I have a ton of photo albums from that era, like a ton. And then I have like a few from like the last ten years. Right. <laughs> um, and you know, I take picks on my phone and I save them to my laptop and then I never look at them again. And 
I don't know. It's it's just a really interesting place to be right now. Um, and I'm curious to see what the next 10 years bring, honestly. <laughs> you had tagged me in a photo a few years ago of I'm wearing like a Bulls jersey and like some Jinkos and I have Looks glasses amazing. on. <laughs> like it's like quite possibly hey, see. the worst phase of my look ever. <laughs> I don't even know why you talked to me at that point. I was I was there for you, man. I was there for you. <laughs> I appreciate I was that. You. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> you're that you're well, you're that lovable. Don't worry. Even, yeah, even must, with the horrible outfit and hair. It must have been something. You're still a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Even though I was trying to tell you to be sexy on my record. What uh do you have any good memories of let's talk let's talk a little bit about IndieNet or did you guys ever play Lucy's? Or, or were you uh I, you know, we might have played it once, and then, like right before it changed to IndieNet. I saw shows at Lucy's, but again, not for very long, um, because I was I was I'm a little bit younger than you, so uh, not that young. much. Too, not that much. Yeah, don't <laughs> worry, everyone. I was still uh, way younger than yeah, most of my friends. Both teenagers, so it was fine. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I just missed it uh, before it turned into IndieNet. Okay. Any good fond memories of IndieNet? Uh, I mean, yeah. I I actually have a lot of... Okay. I have a memory of seeing Wesley Willis. That was hilarious. Wow. Um, and, and him, like, hitting, headbutting people. Uh, I remember... I remember um, our friend Jeremy's band, Asbestos, mm-hmm. playing um, a lot. But I remember them playing as a cover band. And they didn't want to, everyone to know it was them playing all these cover songs. They just wanted to play songs they liked. And this was kind of, we were all still young enough that we were like, ew, cover bands, you know. I don't want to hear that. And uh, these guys are so dorky, whatever, you know. So they didn't want anyone to judge them, and so they would wear, like, costumes. And I remember one of the dudes from, like, the local teen idols band was like came up to the stage and started yelling at Mark like, during their set of like, why are you doing this? Just write your own songs. And like Mark didn't want to be like, we do have our own band, you know. Um, I, I don't I, I don't know why I remember that really well because I think it was just so fucking funny. And um, I actually remember seeing Anti Flag play, which I don't know if that was Lucy's or Indie Net at that point. Um, but then we've we've gotten to tour with Anti Flag a couple times now, and it's super weird to think about that I was like 16 and telling Pathetic that I thought like hey, you guys are pretty cool, you know, <laughs> right. and and now we like joke about being old people on tour together. I don't know, it's really weird. It's really weird. Uh, it's a strange world. And but again, it's that longevity game. If you just keep fucking playing. Um, Something's going to happen. It is a strange world. And there's a friend I have on Facebook that every once in a while will post. Like she collected everything from back then. And she'll occasionally post those calendars that IndieNet and Lucy's would put out. And you just look yeah. at the bands that played. And even if it's not the the band, it's what the band became or something like that. And there was like every weekend there was something crazy going on or, you know, someone that went on to, uh, to tour in other bands or, or early, you know, early shows like Anti-Flag and uh, Earth Crisis and, uh, you know, Green Day, I think was supposed to play there one time or something. You know, there's all kinds of, you know, there's always those, those stories too. But uh, to see those early, uh, to see those early, you know, calendars with all those bands that played at the, you know, our local, you know, local uh, all ages, um, stomping grounds. It was crazy. Aren't we lucky? Like, aren't we lucky that we had that? 
because I could totally see how Nashville could be without um, a place for punk and metal at that time, you know? Um, Absolutely. I think there's, I mean, I think now everything is so eclectic and everyone shares everything that there's a little less regional vibes happening and there's punk bands everywhere and there's metal bands everywhere and there's country bands everywhere, you know? Um, but back then, before it really started changing uh, and quickly, uh, I just think that's really cool. That's really cool that Lucy's and then IndieNet existed for us and that um, people would come through our town and play for us nice. like, and probably not make any money, those poor guys. <laughs> um, but man, I, I really needed that place. Yeah, oh, yeah we all did. It's a yeah. very crazy place. Actually, I've I'm, I've reached out to Mary Mancini, who you know ran Lucy's for all those years. I want to get her on and sit down with her and actually kind of go down, go, go through what was going through her brain to open up this club because you know nobody made any money there. I don't even know how they kept the doors open. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know, looking back in a financial situation, like how anybody got paid to play there, and uh, you know most people didn't. You know, even at 12 volts heyday of, you know, selling the place out to where they had to lock the door to keep people from coming in. I mean, that was still the capacity of that place was was a little bit under 200 people. So yeah, five yeah, bucks yeah. a pop, you know, you're, you're making, you know, under a grand to be split between, you know, the bands and the club and the sound guy and the, you know, the lights and everything else. And then, you know, most other nights at that place, there was 50 people there. So it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I really think we really cut our teeth there. I kind of wonder about that because I mean That's the like where I learned how to be in a band. There you go. It's like you know, band camp. <laughs> that was our that was our band camp, I guess. Kind of was, yeah. But and then eventually we were old enough to maybe play the end without the owner <laughs> looking at our IDs. <laughs> uh, even though I was never old enough while I lived there, really, right. to be in in that place. But I snuck in. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's actually when I originally joined what was Adrenaline Hammer, what became 12 Volt. That was like the big stickler because I was only 17 at the time. And, you know, they wanted to play places like the Cannery and the Cannery and places like that were actually uh, would check your ID. And, you know, you would have to have like a parent there to like let you go and play on stage. And then you had to immediately immediately leave. You couldn't hang around. Yeah, I definitely did. That. I mean, luckily my mom was kind of like into going to shows. <laughs> right. <laughs> and she legitimately was. I don't think I had to convince her. I think she was just excited to see me on a stage. But uh, but yeah, so luckily she would come with me if I needed it. But yeah, I was the young one in my band too. We were kind of, I remember we Fair Verona was kind of waiting for me to graduate high school so that we could go on like a longer, bigger tour, yep. you know, instead oh, yeah. of just like a here and there. Um, we we did our best uh, while I was in school, which is still crazy. Like looking back, I'm like, why did we? We were such idiots. Why did we try to tour so much when I was a junior? You know, but <laughs> right. I'm, I'm I'm glad I did it, and I still graduated. I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get on to some more on women, and we'll wrap this bad boy up. But I mean, what's the the you're talking about writing another record, things like that? What's the the immediate plans for War on Women? Uh, we hope to be recording a record this year, and we've got some big summer tour plans that I cannot tell you about. So someone somewhere will definitely be able to see us this summer. <laughs> someone somewhere. You at least have one person at the show. Yeah, I'm going to keep it vague. I'm going to keep it vague, dude. <laughs> Contracts. I don't want to be a breach of a contract. <laughs> hmm. 
Does it happen to rhyme with Smetallica? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. If you get those dudes on the show, you let me know. That, that would be amazing. A nice war on women Metallica show. Hey, they're, uh, they're we, actually letting me. We are me. early Metallica meets Riot Girl, or at least that's what our CD says on the, the sticker on the outside of it, on <laughs> the packaging. Wow. So I think it'd be a perfect match. <laughs> Sounds like a match made in heaven. How do people find you guys, reach out to you guys, and purchase War on Women items? Yeah, we're, you know, we're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Uh, just search for War on Women and, but I really, really, really want everyone to go to the Bridge Nine Records um, store, online store. That's where you can buy um, our latest uh, feminist merch, including Don't Touch My Pussy flags and shirts and hoodies and our record and all kinds of stuff. So definitely support support them. They're still um, like a cool DIY record label which is, I think is a hard thing to accomplish these days. Absolutely. All right. So here's YouTube comments by Warren Women. Shauna Potter, thank you so much for taking the time today. It was great to catch up with you. Thanks for having me, Toomey. This is so much fun. Yes, thanks for asking. You are listening to Talk To Me. Trevor Phipps from Unearth, and you're listening to Talk To Me. And once again, thank you to Shauna Potter for coming on Talk To Me. It was a great episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that talk. Also, if you want a Talk To Me t-shirt, make sure you're heading over to Amazon.com. There are now two styles over there. Head over to Amazon.com, search out the Talk To Me podcast. They're about 20 bucks a piece and uh, free shipping with Amazon Prime. Pick yourself out the classic logo or the Backstage Pass logo and all of the money once again goes back into the Talk To Me podcast. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, however you get this podcast, make sure you're subscribed and make sure you rate and review so I can read your review on an upcoming episode. Make sure you're heading over to puckhockey.com using the promo code TALK at checkout for 10% off your entire order. And make sure you're heading over to Bridge Nine Records and ordering War on Women items like that great Don't Don't Grab My Pussy, the parody stuff over there. It's fun, fun stuff. And once again, for the Talk To Me podcast, I am Joshua Toomey, and I will talk to you guys next Thursday. <laughs>